This is the Yoakum Strength Podcast, episode 12, with Austin Yoakum and Greg Ewasher. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if one falls down, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? So that's a quote from Ecclesiastes um, chapter 4, verse 10. Um, it really ties into what we are striving to talk about here today, which is the win-win mentality, which is habit four in the seven habits for highly effective people. Um, brotherhood, as the quote says, is so necessary and vital to developing a fulfilled and meaningful life. And um, another piece of that is having a win-win mindset. And when you have brothers, you can have a win-win mindset. And so, Austin, um, what are your initial thoughts on the win-win? Yeah, this is really diving into the second half of this book of now we're kind of into public victory. We've started to win by ourselves. Um, we're starting to create that trust around others because we built that trust up within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now, how can we play the long-term game with other people? How can we keep those brothers around? And the whole point of this chapter basically is, one, you have to have your foundation built from before for other people to trust you and build upon you. And then two, when you're building relationships with people, you have to think about building relationships with people, not using other people mm-hmm. as a means. Um, and that's what the whole win-win mentality is, is if you're not thinking this is good for me and good for the other person, then you're losing for both people. Mm-hmm. Even if you're winning for yourself in the time being, eventually it's going to lead to a loss for you. And even if you're losing for yourself right away and winning for another person, both of you guys are going to lose eventually. Mm-hmm. All right. It's just a win-win is the best way to go about achieving success, fulfillment for everybody who's involved. Yeah. And it's just the only, it's not even the best. It's, what he talks about yeah. is the only way. Yeah. Um, if you're going to have relationships with anybody, if you base it off any other premise, um, and this is where he goes back to the foundation, and these are the four, or he calls them seven habits because they're basically the seven universal truths of the world is if you don't do it, the universe is basically going to tell you you're an idiot, you're doing this wrong. Like yeah. It's going to come to light eventually. It's just, it's not if, it's when. Yeah. So this isn't a, like the best way to do it. It's the only way to do it. Yeah, that's right. Um, I love that. It's so true. And if I think I've experienced this recently in my life too. It's There are these, these principles that if you do not obey them, they're like a force. They're like a law of nature. Every like, single time. It's like gravity. Like It's as real as that. It's if you don't, if you don't take a win-win attitude into um, a friendship or a business deal or a teammate um, situation, or you don't take extreme ownership of your life, like it's like you like it's like gravity. Like you're going to fail. Yeah, it's and, for sure going to happen. And that's the scary part of it. But I, what this book really gave me was something to, if I do these seven things. Like, this is how I can get light back into my life and go the right direction. So this is kind of like the flip side of that because they're both true. Like, the the, the chaos and the order, like, it's both true. Like, you have to have these seven habits. And if your life is in shit right now, like, if you're not, if you're in those valleys, if you're not feeling good about where your life is going, look at these habits. Look at these universal truths. look Look at that extreme ownership. And in some part of your life, 
if you are owning it, you are failing in one of these regards. And that's why your life isn't going the way you want to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Look to the principles when you're failing. I'm writing it down right now because I just love that. Yeah. And it's just, again, it kind of helps guide you. Like when you're lost in like a lot of times, like Jordan Peterson talks about this all the time, the chaos and the order. You need a balance of the like both of them. You can't just live in chaos. You can't just live in order. And I really think what a lot of this, and this is a crazy part to me, is like when I listen to all these really successful people and all these philosophers and all these psychologists, they all are saying the same thing in different ways. Mm-hmm. It's all coming back to these universal truths of giving your talents to others, being good to other people, being good to yourself, taking ownership of your life, controlling basically life like everybody comes back to these same points and it's like just repeated 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 and it's different authors it's different people it's their different way of selling it to you of trying to get you to realize it but if you really like get it down to the bare bones like it's the truths of the universe yeah and and i think another part about it too is like that i love is that anybody can take these truths on and live them anyone 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 can, and it like they kind of have, have to. They have to. That's a lot the crazy of part. Is not to, and I know I fail sometimes, more often than I'd like to. But yeah, anybody can. Yeah, and it and must and must. And, and it's must. the people that don't, or I, I, I think it's almost everybody that doesn't at some point, or doesn't do all of them at some point in their lives, and that's when the darkness kind of creeps in. That's yeah. where that light gets kind of blinded. Right. And this is one thing that's been really, really powerful in my life is having principles, having habits, having something to come back to, to where I see that darkness come to come back into my life. If I see struggles coming back into my life, I can really sit down and look at what part am I not paying attention to? What part am I not? Am I not thinking win-win in relationships? Is that why something is creeping up? You know, and this is something that I really probably didn't have before. And now it's something that I can be and like this book talks about being proactive in fixing it before you just crash all the way down yeah. and then have to build build yourself up. You can go down a little bit and in life you're gonna go down a little bit. You're gonna have that little right. little chaos moments, but you can catch yourself and realize, all right, I'm falling off the path a little bit. I can come back onto the path. I can figure it out. For sure. I um I love what you said how you feel like now you you can identify why you're not on the path or like things aren't going right. And I, I feel the same way, like even when, since we just started doing this podcast, I think it's become more clear when things were going wrong in my life before, um, it, I almost would kind of just ask like, why kind of ask God, like, why, what's going on? What's, what, what am I doing wrong? But like, I can actually figure it out now mm-hmm. because I know the way forward after reading a book like this and all the other books that we've both been reading. Um, well, that's kind of the Jordan Peterson thing too, is when he talks about people opening up the basically floodgates of chaos in their life as soon as the first part of chaos in their life touches them. Yeah. And it's just because they, they've they never been used to that chaos in their life, the bad things that are going to happen to you in life. They've never been touched by that before. And as soon as it happens to them, they allow it to flood in because they don't take ownership. And they, like you said, they ask, why me? Mm-hmm. You know, and they never take the ownership of, I realize why it is me because I wasn't doing these things leading up to that point. Yeah. And he talks about that's when the floodgates of chaos, and that's where it just yeah. circles back into something that leads you into yeah. a pretty bad life until you realize like you're at rock yeah. bottom, and that's when a lot of people change. Whereas I think many people could catch it before that. Right, yeah, yeah. And I mean, rock bottom, it's a, like, it's rock bottom is a different place for everybody. Yeah. Like, 
I think my rock bottom was when I realized I'm working a job that I despise and what I like that's I, I feel like that is when I've been able to kind of you know ever since that happened I've kind of just been taking a hammer to myself and trying to figure out what is really in my soul and I mean for you I'm sure it was something like along the lines of when you were coaching last year and yeah and that was a little that was a little different because it was a job that my entire life I knew I wanted to do and then I realized I had yeah. got to the point that I wanted to get to and then I wasn't doing it to the best of my ability yeah and that's what was sucky for me is like I realized all right Austin you had mapped this all out and now you're doing it and now you're not doing what you like the reason you did this job is to change people's lives the reason you did this job is to be a motivator for people to kind of guide people in their lives because you had people like that in your lives and I got to a point in my life to where I was realizing I'm in this spot I'm in I put myself into position I did all the superficial things to put myself in this position yeah. to lead people and do it and then I wasn't taking advantage of the opportunity yeah. and that's when I realized this is where I need to change. This is where I have the opportunity to do it. I did all these things to get there. Now I need to actually do those things. I have to do build that foundation underneath. I was yeah. doing the things like on the top of the pyramid and trying to look good on the top, but I didn't have the foundation underneath that built up to where it was kind of like almost faking the role that I was sure. in. Yeah, right. I love that about, I think that's the biggest reason why I personally and probably a lot of people are attracted to your strength training companies because like we have that as a culture like as a gym it's it's the person it's not it's not the numbers it's not the the times it's not the vertical jump it's it's the person like that's what we hammer on here like yeah and that's because again when you have the person figured out when you have that person foundation built up everything else comes like it's not like and this is, this is like, I think a big mindset shift for people. It's not like you focus on these, what people think is soft and like underneath, yeah. you know, and then the winning doesn't happen. It's you do these things and then the winning is almost guaranteed to happen yeah. because you're doing it the right way. It's not, right. you're focusing on the superficial things and then maybe you get lucky and the times happen, the numbers happen, that type of thing. Um, maybe you win a game, maybe you start. It's you build this foundation and then everything else is so much, like you do the hard part. That's what we kind of focus on. It's right. like, that's the hard part is building that person and figuring out that person, yeah. building yourself, like realizing who you are as a person, why do you do this? Mm -hmm. The rest of it is easy. And I think a lot of like places and people, like they focus on the easy part because it's easy, you know, like it's easy to do those numbers. And then when it something is. tough comes, that's when it's like, oh shit, like what do we do now whereas if we build that tough part up first we build all the things on top of that and then exactly. when the tough part comes that's when that person is exposed right. and then they're the winners on the field they're the national championships right. that's how you win and then like in the corporate world like they're actually going to keep the weight off after their weight loss competition exactly done. like they're gonna they're gonna change the way their family's eating so that their kid doesn't grow up fat and miserable like they lived their life for the last 30 years you know yeah, yeah. and you just start the cycle you just start the cycle so I freaking love it. We're going to go to the book, to one of my all-time favorite quotes from the book. But you can't change a fruit without changing the root. Doing it without, doing it without this way is just hacking at the leaves of the tree rather than the tree itself. It's putting a band-aid on the problem, not solving the problem itself. And this is one of my favorite quotes because I think it was 
what I was doing in a lot of parts of my life when I was reading this book is I was hacking at the leaves. I was hacking at superficial problems that weren't like the root cause of this problem. And again, I like I say it a hundred times, but it was like I was putting the blame on other people. I was trying to fix other people. I was trying to do other things mm-hmm. when like the root of the problem was either I was surrounding myself with bad people or as I'd be, I was being a bad communicator with people. Like it all came back to me. Mm-hmm. And instead of hacking that tree, I was hacking the branches on that tree, which is, or the leaves even on that tree. Like I was doing nothing. Like I was spending a bunch of time and then it was just a circle of doing the same thing over and over as again, putting the bandaid on the problem rather than fixing what that problem was. Right. And as soon as that bandaid gets ripped off, it's, it's still there. You know, like that problem is still there. That sore is still there. That tree is still there. Mm-hmm. And this, I really loved, like I read this part in the book and I was like, holy shit, like, that's me, like <laughs> at me a little bit more. Yeah. I was like, I just need to sit down and do, again, build the tough part, like focus on the tough thing. And yes, it's gonna take a long time. And yes, it's gonna be hard. And it's gonna be like a lot of like realizations of who you are, but it's gonna be so worthy. Like, and it's actually attacking something. It's actually fixing something. It's yeah. actually going forward in life. Right, yeah, like you're, because if you just hack away at the leaves, like the leaves are just going to grow back because the root is strong. Yeah. And the root is hard to rip out. Like I remember when I was picking leaf, weeds for my dad um, in high school, I had to go and, man, dude, <laughs> there was this one plant. I forgot what it was called, but its root was six feet long. Mm-hmm. And I had to dig that, caught myself from swearing there, but I had to pull out this six foot root from the ground and it was it was such a metaphor for life because like this is this is so ridiculous but like the weed the weeds that my my dad let these weeds grow on on the property he let those these weeds grow for six years seven years and they hadn't tended to them and they just got so nasty and so big and so powerful like i couldn't get the the weed out of the ground like Mm -hmm. there comes a point too in your life where like if you don't handle the weeds and you don't rip the root out of the ground then like it's not gonna ever come out well and, it, and again it comes to the point of like the small things aren't small like as soon as you turn your yeah. blind eye on that little like small weed in your yeah. life that little piece of your life that you're just turning you know it's not right mm-hmm. but it's easier right now to ignore than to actually pick that weed out right you turn your blind eye that's when it grows and then like you said before you know it it's, it's a, a monster a monster root in the ground yeah. in your life that's yeah. pulling you down and it's something that Yes, it would have sucked. Yes, it would have sucked to tell that person in your life that they don't need to be in your life anymore because they're not good for you. Uh, yes, it would have sucked to tell that job right away that, yes, I'm not a good fit for you. I don't enjoy this job. Yes, that would suck in the moment. Yes, that's tough. But it's better than 20 years down the road when it's a divorce or it's yeah. you have a career in this company and you're, you have a family that depends yeah. on you. You know, yeah. like that's, that's kind of a thing I like related to is like, it, it, it sucks to pull that weed in the moment, it but does. it's it you're gonna have to pull it regardless Dude, in your life. It's something I'm really really not good at either. Like it's, I'm doing the self-authoring program right now, and um, my identified my like two biggest faults were like they basically come down to the same thing. It's like I avoid um, conflict. Like that's it's something I am like I don't I don't like it. Like mm-hmm. I, I love it on the football. Like I love physical contact, like athletic competition, but um, anything else, like it's something. But it's it's a cause for a lot of my 
things in my life that have been really bad. Like it's been the big one of the biggest causes of things because I've let those little weeds grow. Like just like you said, mm-hmm. yeah. And they started out small, but then because you don't pluck them out of the ground right away, they just get nasty and huge. And and it's yeah, it's just pick them out when speaking to myself here. Like pick them out when you're when you see them. When you see them. Yeah. yeah. And doing the small things right. to get there, yeah. and then eventually getting to a point in your life to where right. you don't let those weeds get planted at all. Exactly. And then, yeah. And sometimes, sometimes seeds drift though on your property. Yeah. And you still got to rip those sons of You're so strong. You're such a good gardener at that point. They just like, get the fuck Dude, off I had, property. I had such a good season after that season. I, my hands got so strong. <laughs> I was push pulling everybody. I was, it was. Well, you were, you were talking about how strong workout. those roots were. Um, my dad owns a underground sprinkler company, so we plow a bunch of pipe and we dig a bunch of holes. And we uh, we were at this we were at this place that hadn't it wasn't our system. It was this new person just moved in this house. They want their system fixed up, and their system was all busted up. There's water spraying everywhere. And we get to this one zone right next to a massive tree that had swallowed this pipe up and just crushed it because that's how strong the roots were. Like, were you talking about how that one root drew six feet down? I was like, yeah, I know. Like, these roots are massive. And, like, just swallowed this entire pipe up and just smashed it to pieces. And, like, that was another thing I was thinking about. Like, that's what happened to your life again. Like, you're that pipe. You're just going through, and you never took care of that root that was bugging you at the start of it. And it just swallows you up and smashes you. Yeah, that's awesome. And then you got to spend the whole day whacking at that damn root, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you're swearing at it. And you're, and you're still not going to kill that You're damn still not going to kill it. No, <laughs> no. Back to the book. Win-win is based on the uh, thought process that there's plenty, there's plenty for everybody, that one person's success is not achieved at the expense or ex- exclusion of success for, for others. Win-win is a belief in the third alternative. It's not your way or my way. It's a better way. It's a higher way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think we got to experience this firsthand playing college football. Um, no one was ever – it was always a win-win situation for all of us because we are always pushing each other to be so much better, and I think it was the reason why our team was able to be – as successful as we were yeah and this is coach kind of talks about almost like knowing your role because even the people that aren't on the field make the people that are on the field so much better and like understanding that win-win philosophy that like if you're not if the scout team players aren't doing their job if they're not winning then the people on the field aren't going to win you know and then it just cycles all the way through like when you are doing it for the benefit of each other that's when your team as a whole grows right yeah for sure and um, it's like, what is it called? Synergy, where you, where the sum is so much greater than the sum of the parts together is so much greater than um, all the parts individually. Mm-hmm. You know, football I think is the biggest metaphor for that ever because it's probably the biggest team game there is in the world. Yeah, like eleven guys. I mean, and it's not even eleven though. It's yeah. one hundred and thirty guys. Yes. Yeah. You know, like the 11, 11 on the field, like that, the synergy amongst those is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then you think of how much effort and energy it took together to get even those pe- 11 people on the field to the point they're at. Like, that means absolutely nothing if there's not 130 people pushing those 11 yeah. people that are on the field at one time. And then thousands who came before them who aren't playing anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And that, like, the, 
if you see farther than I have, basically, it's because you stood on the shoulders of giants. Like, yeah. that's one of my absolute favorite UST quotes because it's, yeah. like, it's so true. Like, right. the only reason you are at where you're at in life is because somebody else has allowed you to get there. Right. You know, like, somebody else has built up some pathway for you to be able to get there. All you're doing is either taking advantage of that pathway or not. Right. I think, like, something that's really cool, too, is, like, your senior year especially, like, you had a lot of national recognition. And, like... You wouldn't have gotten that if you played for, like, Hamlin or something. Yeah. Even if you were you're, the same badass, same dude who is throttling the Mayak, like, you wouldn't have gotten the same respect. Because you're not on a defense exactly. that is number one in the nation. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been built from years. Yeah, of, from yeah. number ones in the nation, just yeah. building up. And yeah. efforts and talents and just people creating what it is now. Yeah, yeah. You know? exactly. And that's not, I'm not even knocking you. Like, I just think like, that's just – how it is right yeah, i'm a beast we know it so. <laughs> <laughs> back to the book <laughs> now we're going to discuss win lose in leadership style win lose is the approach i get my way you don't get yours win lose people are prone to use position power credentials possessions or personality to get their way most people have deep have been deeply scripted in win lose mentality since birth first and most important of the powerful forces at work is the family when one child is compared to another child and valued over that based off love, that's when this win-lose mentality is set in life. If I am better than my brother, my parents will love me more. And this is, like they said, it's, it's super powerful because it's set from basically birth. Mm-hmm. Is like, you got to be better than the next person and not even just better than them, but you have to beat them to be better than them, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. it starts literally when you are almost born. It's like you're competing with your siblings, you're competing with your classmates, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I love how he comes with the siblings example because me and my sister are um, just absurdly competitive with each other. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's in anything. I mean, it's anything. We... And we've gotten way better over the years to where it's now it's a healthy win-win competition. Like, we want to see each other do well. But for a lot of years there, it was more of just, like, I want to outdo you because I want to be better than you. Yeah, and that's the, that's the balance that you have to have is, and he talks about this in the book, is you need, you, you, you need to compete with people Yes. in a way, like, to become better and to be driven, like you have to have that competition. You want to be the best, basically the yeah. best version of yourself, the best of that. But again, it comes back to yourself. And like when you compete with people, you want to push them. Exactly. One of the coolest things I saw is we were doing a competition um, with the football team and there's two guys left standing. They were doing bear crawl holds and they were like which five two, minutes in. Which two dude? There's two guys. And these two guys are five minutes into this bear crawl hold. And one of the guys, was obviously going to win this competition. One guy was completely shaking and red in the face and blue, and the other guy was completely calm. And what this one guy could have did is he could have talked shit, he could have done all this type of stuff, but he realized they're a team, and if he wants his team to win, if he wants his team to get better, he knows he's going to win this competition. So instead of talking shit, all he did was, come on, stay up. Stay up with me. Stay up with me. Stay up with me. And it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my entire life of recognizing this win-win. He realized he needs his his teammates. He needs his teammates to be the best of their ability. 
the way he can get his teammates to become the best ability, he's right now in better physical condition than that other guy. He knows he's going to win this competition. So rather than talking shit about that dude and bringing him down and making him drop early or trying to be the mental like breakdown of that person, he brought him up and he tried to keep him up as long as possible because he recognized, again, that he's going to need him on the field. And if this person's better on the field in the long term because he pushed him, then that's the definition of win-win. Absolutely. Um, and I think I also want to clarify, I think that motivation can take all the different forms. Like, as if it was me and you, oh, you know I'm talking trash to you. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. that's our relationship. And I think that it's a healthy trash talk where we're, like, pushing each other to be better. Mm -hmm. And it's – I know at the end of the day, like, at least I, I'd hope you know. And I, and I know that if you were talking trash to me, I know that it's ultimately, like, to be better. Yeah. So, like – I don't want to say you have to be like that. No, yeah, I just yeah. I just thought it was but a super cool yeah, like recognition old. of yeah. like not thinking win lose. Like it's not like I'm gonna win, you're gonna yeah. lose, and this is why it's like I'm gonna win and I'm gonna find a way for you to win with me. Yeah. And almost selfishly, like he realized like if you win with me, I'm gonna win again later when we're winning a national championship, you know, like when we're yeah. pushing ourselves to that limit. Yeah. And that was one of the, I like, I literally got chills when I was hearing this kid yell that. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that's one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, well, St. Thomas football culture is just second to none, man. That's in the, the culture that the coach have created there. It's, it's really special to have that, you know. And he, as the kid, I don't, we don't even know if he's read this book or not. But yeah. that just mentality of win-win is just in the locker room. Yeah, it's just right in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to almost, and we're going back to the book here, but it's kind of talking about the competition that you and I were talking about. It's like, there certainly is a place, he says in this book, there certainly is a place for win-loss in truly competi competitive situations, such as a game, yeah. such as a football game, that type of thing. But he talks about how most of life is not competition. Um, we don't live each day comp competing with our spouse. We wouldn't say who's winning in our marriage. It's a ridiculous question. If both people aren't winning, both people are losing. For sure. And this, I, I want to talk about this in two ways. Is like, we're not saying it's like a participation trophy. That's not what we're trying to build. When it's time to compete, when it's time to go against somebody, that's when it can be a win-lose situation. Like when you're on a field, when you're in basically a gladiator-type situation, a sport, mm -hmm. something like that. Like that's when it's win-lose. Like that's when that that's the only way out of that. Right. No matter how that game ends, no matter how you play it, there's going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser. Um, so we're not saying it's like a participation trophy, everybody wins all the time. That's yes. not what we're saying. Not at all. It's you build up other people with you until it comes time to that competition period. And then you just smash competition. And then you dominate. And this is the other cool part is like what he brings it. He's like, but you have to realize, and this is goes back to like you play at most 40 football games in your life, you know, like in college, 40 football games. Most of life is not a competition. Yeah. Like 40 Saturdays of your life is absolutely nothing compared to every single other day that you live. And that's where he's talking about most of life is not a competition. You don't compete with in your relationships, like in your spouse. Like thinking that way is what's going to lead to a loss in both of your lives, basically. And it's how you're not pushing yourself to become the best version of yourself. Right. I, I remember hearing, I know we quote him all the time on the podcast, but Jordan Peterson was talking about how like, if you compete with your wife and you're always trying to win against your wife and you like you you, you beat the shit out of your wife in an argument a hundred times, then you're married to a loser. 
and who wants to be married to a loser? So you dislike her even more now, and she resents you for always winning and never letting her voice be heard. So it's like, in marriage especially, it's a win-win. Like at well, least that, from what we can tell. And that's what he brings. That he brings us back in the next point, uh, next part of the book is people that are win-lose like that. All they do in life is circle back from win-lose to lose-win with their partners and their relationships and their business. That's, that's how they live their life. They're always in that state of chaos because they have nothing ever set in their life. They're never playing win-win. So every time in their life, they're doing that win-lose. They're winning over people. They're using their power. They're yelling at people. They're trying to be the dominant male, dominant person in that life. And then when they realize that they're losing everybody, they're basically resenting everybody, then they go to the lose-win. They swing all the way back to the opposite side of the spectrum is where they basically like give people their way, they try and get people back in, and then as soon as they do that, they swing all the way back. And that's just, again, going back to Jordan Peterson, is always living in chaos. And like they never have that brick, that foundation, you know, of just the win-win mentality of it gives you the ability to play the long-term game rather than the short-term game of winning now and losing for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love what you said. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, and seeing it in people's lives too, where they're in that pendulum all the time, it's it's hard. Like, I sometimes can find myself in that pendulum if I'm not careful. You know, you have to be you have to be very self aware, um, and that's a very hard thing to develop. You know, self awareness. Yeah, and I think that goes back to the root talk, right. though. You know, and like it, I mean. Right it, back, yeah. Again, it's it's yep. tough, but it's like, it's again the only way to do it. Yeah, the only way. The only, I mean, the only, the only way, way that's gonna last long term. Like, doing that is tough. Realizing that in yourself is tough, but what is tougher is like being forty and like realizing those weeds have built up, and now you gotta figure out a fucking way when you're forty years old. Yeah, I love this book because it like it starts with the weeds. It starts with the foundation that you're building. Like the first the first three habits are all about building your foundation and and like you said i mean that's why this book is so good is because it if you don't do that like you said you can't be self-aware and you're never going to be able you're going to keep swinging and you're not even going to know why you're swinging back and forth yeah and like i love the like like you said the first three parts talk about that garden it's like first you have to clean out your garden and then now these second parts are talking about how can you plant seeds in that garden to grow something you know like there's two parts to this journey it's one, you have to have a clean garden. You can't have those weeds. You can't have that shit in there. But you also have to be able to plant stuff in that garden for it to be. Like, if you only do one part of it, you're not doing the other part. So you also have to focus on those relationships. And you have to find a way to transition, like, keeping your weeds down while you're also planting stuff and building it. And that's where he talks about, like, it's really tough to do all these things. But, again, tough doesn't mean bad. Yeah. And and not worthy. Yeah. Like, you, you have to do them. Like, the... the, the, the path that's tough is the is oftentimes what you should be doing right i mean that's the path path less traveled honestly like when i woke up this morning i was so tired i wanted to go back to bed but you just gotta do it man like if you say you're starting to do something you gotta just do it you gotta speak it into existence and then do it put in the work to get there i heard this guy it's our neighbors awesome people had us over a couple weeks ago um for some food and some drinks and we had a great time and one of the people that was there his name is Victor he works at he, I believe he's retired now but he works with Famous Dave 
Famous Dave is his business partner, and mm-hmm. together they run a charity. Victor's a beast. Like he works his worked his tail off his whole life, and but he he told us, <laughs> all right, you know Andrew and Declan were there, and Victor told us, if you say you're gonna do something, do it. Otherwise, do not say it. And I love that because he's you speak it into if you're gonna speak it, only speak truth, only speak what you're going to do, and do it. And and I mean that's coming from a guy who's who's walked the road and he's done it. So well, and that's that comes back to one of the universal truths again is like if you're lying to yourself, yeah. you one degrade yourself and then you're lying to everybody else. Like yeah. if you can't tell yourself the truth, if you can't hold yourself accountable, there's no way in your life you can do that to other people. Yeah. One, you're going to surround yourself with people that do the same thing you do, which is lie to yourself. So you're surrounding yourself with liars and people that can't hold you accountable. And then when you do that, you just create a circle of people that are also bringing you down. Well, you're bringing them down. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's where you really have to, again, don't lie to yourself. Like The first person that you have to like change the world with is you yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to tell yourself the truth. Mm-hmm. When you start to hold yourself accountable, you start to tell yourself the truth. That's where you tell others the truth. Mm-hmm. That's where they can see that you're a man of basically character, not a man of nothing. You know, like right. standing on nothing. They can do whatever right. they want. They're snakes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that piece of wisdom right there is just that, like how we were talking about earlier that transcends everything it transcends the bible um different philosophers different even motivational speakers like if you want to change the world it starts with you every single time every single time it comes back to that and that's i, I absolutely like i geek out about looking like what makes success successful people successful what every single like path to being successful is and it's always every single guy or successful person talks about that it's like one point in their life where they realize it's not about what's happening around me it's about what I'm thinking what I'm doing like Mm -hmm. again the Michael Phelps one it was was super cool it's just basically he was just telling himself his whole life because he had family issues and that type of thing he's just telling himself I can't Mm -hmm. and like what he realized and it was super simple and it was a super small and this is why I'm passionate about it is because I really believe everybody can do it. Like these things are so small in people's lives for the most part. They just let them grow into something bigger. And Phelps realized like his whole thing of his self-doubt of saying I can't and doing stuff like that had grown into a weed in his life that was holding him back from freaking everything he wanted to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And literally all he had to do is pluck that weed and then it opened up a pathway for him. That's why I'm super passionate about it is because I think like many times it's such a small thing holding people back. Mm I mean, it's such a small thing, but such a tough thing to, like, actually attack and do. Right. But in, like, the grand scheme of things, you can do it. Right. Yeah. And I think what you said there, it's, like, it's often a small thing. And you're right. Like, it is. And it's something you usually know in your mind Mm -hmm. exactly what it is. And it's different for everyone. Like, I, I know what mine are right now. Like, I can think about them right now. I know exactly what's holding me back from getting where I want to go. It's, like... I've just got to go for it. Mm-hmm. You just got to attack them, right? Yeah. It's part of the daily grind. It's getting after it. Mm-hmm. Back to the book. When two win-lose people get together, that is when two determined, stubborn, ego-invested individuals interact, the results will be lose-lose. Both will lose. Both will become victims and want to get back or get even. Blind to the fact that murder is suicide, that revenge is a two-edged sword. Some people become so centered on an enemy, so totally obsessed with the behavior of another person, that become blind to everything except their desire for that person to lose, even if it means losing themselves. Lose-lose is a philosophy of conflict, the philosophy of war. 
If nobody ever wins, perhaps being a loser isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. Perhaps being a loser is not so bad if no one wins. Sounds a lot like what we see in uh, youth sports nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's quite unfortunate. If you don't ever have the opportunity to lose, then everyone's a loser. No one's a winner either. That's exactly. You don't get the chance to learn anything. You have no ability to be able to build upon that basically the chaos yeah. you know I like that that struggle in your life if you never have and this is one thing that I like I talk to a lot of guys is like everything in sports like everything is so relatively small compared to what you're going to face in life like you need to fail in these situations mm-hmm. because you're like life is going to punch you in the face if you don't mm-hmm. I just seen so many a lot of people that and I don't want to sound like because I was in a sport I'm better or like tougher than other people but like a lot of people that haven't been grown up in sports or haven't done that the first tough thing that hits them in life they I mean they melt or they hide from it completely and then they try and stay in that safe line like they never push themselves to become because they've never experienced that failure in a controlled somewhat controlled setting or or the success either yeah they don't even know what that is like like so why would so they just kind of like cower and they're like why would I even bother to go chase that because like do you see the pain of what I've suffer from you know if I, mm-hmm. if I if I leave the safe space it's yeah I agree for sure um then the other part about that quote um the philosophy of war that's so true I mean because war is a lose-lose situation it's everyone's suffering on both sides everyone's mm-hmm. taking casualties and at the end of the day I mean no one really really wins that's why it's like the most auto like the most avoidable thing and I think you even hear Jocko talk about that. He's like, no one wants to go to war less than, like, Navy SEALs and Rangers and those badass guys. Yeah. And, I mean, um, Rogan talks about kind of not war, but, like, fighting, too. Yeah. And he talks yeah. about, like, nobody wants to fight less than a fighter yeah. because they know, like, it doesn't solve any issues. It's yeah. the people that have never been in those situations that like act like tough guys and they want to fight and that type exactly. of thing. But the people that actually possess the powers, the actual tough people that like the people that realize the bigger scheme of this, yeah. they're the ones that don't want to do it because they know what it leads to. Right. Yeah. That's why you, we have to listen to people like that. And I also think it's why you have to develop your your own skill set um, to be just a lethal. Not. I don't mean like lethal human being is in like you have to be able to kill people I mean it as in like I love Jordan Peterson says this all the time he said a good man and a good man is not a harmless man a good man is someone who is highly skilled highly trained tough physical aggressive and has that all under control mm-hmm. you know I love that and I think that that's that's how you can prevent lose-lose situations and wars is by having a community of people who's like that. Yeah, because if you're not, you're going to become a lose-win yeah. person because yeah. you're so introverted and you don't have the ability to stand up for yourself. You don't have that confidence within yourself that you're just going to let people walk all over you. You're just going to dominate it. Yeah, which is not, again, that's going to lead to losses. I mean, it's leading to a loss right now for you, but even if you look at, like, you think you're losing mm-hmm. for that person to help them, like, yeah. they're eventually going to lose because you're, you're going to feel some resentment. You're going to feel something towards them that's going to bubble up into something. Yep. For sure, for sure. So you're not you're not helping anybody that way either. Like I think a lot of people like the way they rationalize in their head is like, well, I'm helping this person like get through this. Like you're being the good yeah. person, but you're really not. Like when you do that, yeah. you're not being the good person because you're not helping them. You're 
creating a loss for them eventually down the road. Yeah, and you're enabling them. Exactly. Right, yeah. That's something I see with, I hate to say it, but like some of my home friends, it's, and, you know, I want to go there and help them, but how much can I help, you know? Eventually, they're just going to end up dragging me down. Mm-hmm. Or, um, yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, yeah, that goes back to, like, the crab. Like, that was on Jocko Willink's podcast. He was talking about the crabs that yeah. is so sick. He was talking about how when one crab tries to crawl out of the bucket, yeah. um, the guy pointed out, he's like, hey, fisherman, your crab's crawling out of the bucket. And he's like, no, just watch what happens. And as soon as the one crab is able to crawl out, all the other crabs are so worried about themselves that they grab onto the crab that's about to get free, and instead of worrying about themselves, they pull them back into the bucket. So scary. And he's just talking about what that related to him he's like holy shit like i have crabs in my life like i have people that when i try and escape and like i'm trying to do better for myself they just care about themselves and they're just trying to grab on and yank me down and like again you have to it just goes back to the weeds dude like you have to get out of those situations it's super tough to do it it's super tough to say you aren't in my circle anymore because you're doing that to me it's super tough to realize that it's super tough to not give up on people but realize that you need a better life like you need to go forward in your life and you're not even giving up on them by leaving you're fuck fucking doing what you should be doing and which is in turn gonna make them better because Mm -hmm. if you don't do what you should do then you are not helping them you're not well and if you're staying in that circle if you're leading the world closer to hell yeah then that you're bringing that world with you exactly to whereas yes it's tough in that moment you're dragging yourself out you're bringing that light towards their life but hopefully in one point in their lives they're able to see more light in the world you know like they're able to see that happen in their life and they're like holy shit maybe i can get out of this bucket too exactly exactly that's something i think i've been able to see with one or two of my home friends too not that they're not great people they are they're just figuring it out you know Mm -hmm. and by coming back up here i think maybe has helped i don't know it's certainly helped me so that by trying by the laws of the way the world seems to work it seems like it would help them too I don't mm-hmm. know. back to the book he's talking about and we've kind of discussed we kind of know which way is the best but he's like well what way is the best and he says win lose is not viable because although i appear to win in a confrontation with you your feelings your attitudes towards me and our relationships have been affected if i'm a supplier to your company for example and i win on my terms in a particular negotiation i may get what i want now but will you come to me again? My short-term win will become really become a long-term loss if I don't get re- repeat your business. So as an interdependent win, so at so an interdependent win-lose is really lose-lose in the long run. Mm-hmm. The only option then is win-win or no deal. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna go into no deal, or are we gonna wait to go into that? Yeah, we'll go into no deal after this. But it's, I mean, it's just repeating the whole point of you got to play the long game in life like life is so long if you're playing the short game you're going to get passed up by every single person it doesn't matter how fast you accelerate you know like you can shoot off that line you've run out of gas halfway through like you're after for the rest of life like you need to focus on those relationships you need to focus on doing it the right way and building it a long term like that's what's going to matter in life that's how you build a legacy that's how you become the best version of yourself that's how you become dominant in every aspect of your life it's Mm -hmm long-term 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 mm-hmm. nothing is short-term like there's no secret pills like mm-hmm. anybody that tells you something is short-term anybody that tries to give you a secret pill something like that they're trying to sell you something that's all it is mm-hmm. every single thing in life is going to be a long-term it's going to be tough 
but it's going to be worthy. Mm-hmm. All right. There's no f- magical food, and you're going to eat in the morning. It's going to kickstart your metabolism and make you lose weight. Like, there's no, like, there's no easy way out of this life. Like, yeah. For, I mean, for your body, no, nothing. For relationships, no. You're going to accelerate a relationship and with your friend, with a spouse. Like, that's going to fail. It's going to fail. In business going to accelerate your foundation of your business like you're what you're doing you're trying to screw people over that's going to fail you know like what part in your life can you accelerate that is going to be long-term and successful without any changes happening to it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and i think it's something we see a lot with people our age right now like a lot of kids coming out of college and they're starting working in the real world and there's like really no foundational development that our society really provides us as a whole. Like, it's kind of on you, because culture just kind of says, go work and make as much money as you can. But I, and seeing it with people that we know, it's like they've gone and they've done that for like about a year now, and a lot of people are like burned out and mm-hmm. looking for some sort of, you know, they're kind of doing what we're trying to do here and explore like, why are we here and what are we trying to do? Mm-hmm. And, and kind of cool to see that I think yeah and they had done the acceleration yep and they realized right yep. away that it's, it's not a short-term game if yep. you try to play the short-term game like you're gonna crash and burn yep, yep. you know yep. it doesn't even if even if you make it past that little bit and you create a little success like eventually it's you're gonna burn out you're gonna fizzle something's gonna happen you got to create something long term that you are passionate about that you love mm-hmm. that is gonna take off in life carry you through the storms yes through the valleys back to the book now we're going to discuss what no deal is. No deal basically means that if we can't find a solution that would benefit both of us, we agree to disagree we agree to disagree agreeably. No deal. No expectations have been created, no performance contracts established. I don't hire you or we don't take on a particular assignment together because it's obvious that our values or our goals are going in opposite directions. It is so much better to realize this on the front end instead of downstream when expectations have been created and both parties have been disillusioned. When you have no deal as an option in your mind, you feel liberated because you have no need to manipulate people, to push your own agenda, to drive for what you want. You can be open. Yeah, great. And it comes back to long term of just being able to have this on the table and like being confident Mm -hmm. enough in yourself to realize like not everything in life is going to work like Mm -hmm. not everything's going to drive you have enough belief in yourself that what you're doing is the right way probably what they're doing in their life is the right way it's just not on the same path so you guys aren't doing it the right like the same way yeah i love how he says it will make you feel liberated if you have this as an option because Yes, when you if you feel like you have to make something work, like and you have no outlet of it, then you're gonna compromise yourself, or you're gonna like, you would compromise yourself or them. Both. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, and you, and then the whole thing crashes and burns, and it's terrible. Um, I mean, in my own life, I know when I've thought I've like had to make something, make a deal happen, or make something work, and it. Like there's a, there's always another option, and to say no is something. It's very powerful, and it may sting for a day or two. Like it may sting a day or two to just say no and to deal with rejection and deal with the pain of it not working and the uncertainty of what will come. But it's way better than that than two or three years of just 
uncertainty and a shitty relationship that isn't fully truthful and well that's that's what he's saying like basically too if you see it on the front end it's not gonna go away like you're gonna see it on the back end regardless of how far downstream you take it that's like one of the one of the like cool things is like you know probably yourself that it's you know it's the truth Mm -hmm. it's just telling yourself that it's gonna happen like you know like having this in your head that like deep down you know it's the truth and if something's probably too good to be true or something like that it probably is you just have to be able to be strong enough to have that option on the table and be like mm-hmm. I know this is going to go downhill from here mm-hmm. yeah right yeah and this is goes back to in the book where he's talking about how to create win-win relationships here and his first thing is character and again we're going back to the foundation he says there's no way to go for a win-win in our lives if we don't even know in a deep sense what constitute a, what constitutes a win for ourselves and if we can't make and keep commitments to ourselves as well as others, our commitments become meaningless. We know it. Others know it. They sense duplicity and become guarded. There's no foundation of trust, and win-win becomes an ineffective, superficial technique. Integrity is a cornerstone in the foundation. So again, no matter how far we get away from it, no matter how many seeds we're planting, he says it always comes back. If you align yourself, you're lying to others. You know, like if you're not building that relationship with yourself, you're not able to build that relationship with others. And if you're not able to build a relationship with others, you're never going to have a win-win relationship Mm -hmm. because you need to value that person to want to have what's best for them, you know? Right. And you need to have value yourself to want what's best for you. Right. That's the only way to have a win-win. Right. I love, just like you said, and I love how he ties it back to what we, what he started with the book and what we have been trying to work on with our in our own lives it's like you starts with yourself like mm-hmm. you have to know yourself otherwise if you don't know yourself and your foundation is set you're not going to have any win-win relationships at all yeah no. and the next thing he brings back to this is maturity and he says maturity is the balance between courage and consideration if a person can express his feelings and convictions with courage balance with considerations for feelings and convictions of another person he is mature particularly if the issue is very important to both parties this is a huge. Yeah, Greg, you're hyped about this when we brought really this hyped. up. Yeah, I was really hyped about this because um, part of my my avert my nature to being averse in conflict is like I I don't think being some people are like you just gotta tell people how it is. It's like no, you don't. That's not how you handle things. Because Jocko talks about this all the time. He's like, I love this term. He says. I don't want to just be throwing truth spears at people, <laughs> just piercing them and like saying, you look fat or like, you look slow or um, yeah, things like that. Because that's not, that's not how you're going to get someone to not be fat or to, to, to do the job the proper way, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to be tactful about it. You have to have consideration for where they're at and their situation and their station and um, and then you have, and then I have the consideration part. I need to develop more courage to address these issues, like because then it takes courage to then actually go out and act on it, yeah, and act on your consideration and how you go about and um, critique or explain the problem or tell them to be better. Yeah, and I I would probably say I was on the other end of it, and this is like reading. Uh, it's a book, Conscious Coaching, and it's basically a whole book on 
if you're not able to communicate with your athletes, it's not your athlete's fault, it's your fault. And it's basically like you have to realize when to be tough, when to like let that come out and like what athletes need that. Not even only when, but what, like what and who needs that. It's so like complex. It's such, he calls it the art of coaching. Like it's not just programming and like you have to be able to relate like that's your entire job. And what I would say is like a lot of coaches just yell, you know, and like they use that uh, almost like win-lose mentality is they use where their position is as a coach, as their reasoning for being able to control these people. Mm-hmm. When what reading this book did for me is like I have to realize like I have to balance, like I don't, I don't want to be the reason they listen to me is because I'm their coach, you know, like I want it to be because they know that's what's best for them and because that I care about them, you right. know. That was like such a cool part of this book is like realizing you have to build that relationship with people no matter what. And you have to have the maturity to realize like sometimes it is tough. Sometimes you have to yell at them. Sometimes you have to hurt their feelings. And then sometimes you have to pull back and be super kind and super nice even when in your heart of hearts like you're like, oh, I want to strangle you. You're being an idiot. But like that's not how you're going to respond to me if I strangle you. So I need to like talk to you and be nice and like figuring out this almost psychology of it oh, like it's, sure. it's super like for complex sure. and like as a coach you grow every single day with it like every yeah. single athlete you work with like you make mistakes and you grow it's same with relationships it's just figuring it out almost how people work and like what makes them tick yeah yeah definitely definitely and I think people like will see you and they'll see you as like a football coach and they'll think wow that guy's probably a total hard ass he's probably a total jerk like he's probably just yells at people and it's like you you don't coach that way at all I mean you have that ability to mm-hmm. like to do that and I've seen you do that with the boys in the weight room but like that's definitely not your go-to yeah and because I again I don't think it's the effective way to do it yeah and I think like like you said like you, you have that ability and like sometimes and that this is the other thing I've really like found is like when you that's not your go-to yeah. when you go to it yeah it's it's, it, means you, it means something like you are able to control a room with the flick of a dime you know like yeah. because you flipped that switch you know like you were able to and it's it it needs to be done sometimes right. sometimes you need to bring the order back in right but most of, if that's your only answer to things it means nothing yes. you know like you need to be able to communicate with these people you need to be able to build relationships with these people to where they know when you're yelling at them you yell at them because you care about them not because you're just being a dick mm-hmm. and you had a bad day yeah 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 because yeah it's it's hard to know when like when to let this flip flip the switch and, and kind of lose it because I think I don't know I'm not at the point where I can really tell when it's appropriate or not yet but I think it's like once certain principles are crossed or you're just seeing behavior that's just gonna lead to hell or I don't know I guess it's probably a case-by-case basis. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things, like, I told the guys right away is, like, the reason I'm here is to help create the best version of yourself. Nothing I do is going to take away from that. So everything I do, there's a reason for it. You know, like, it's not, again, I'm not just yelling at you to yell at you. There's a reason for it. And developing that baseline of here's why I'm doing this has been, I think, really powerful with the kids is – they know why, like they know the reasoning behind it. It's not some guy just shows up and starts yelling and writing exercises on the board, you know, like it's not just some random chaos for them. You create some order and you use that chaos with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, 
Yeah, you've been doing a good job. It's fun to see how the boys have responded. And I know that personally, because I've asked them all how they like being coached by you. They all say they hate it. Yeah, you're soft. Just <laughs> <laughs> kidding, I love you. Back to the book. And this is where he talks about scarcity mentality versus abundance mentality. People with a scarcity mentality have a very difficult time sharing recognition and credit, power or profit, even with those who help in the production. They also have a very time being genuinely happy for the successes of others, even and sometimes especially members of their own family or close friends. It's almost as if some, something is being taken from them when someone else re receives something. Mm. Abundance mentality. That's a very healthy mindset to have. Yeah, and it's, I think it's an interesting one that a lot of competitors, like yeah. myself included, probably struggle with a lot of the times is like, we've been raised yep. to compete and to take. And I, it comes back to the point that like, there are certain situations where you need to flip that switch and have that ability to take. But you, the most powerful people in the world realize that there are very few times that is when. Yeah. And like, when you flip that switch and when you're doing that, again, I think it comes back to, it all comes back to like, like when you flip that switch to yell at somebody, if that's all you do is yell at somebody, that's all you do is take, like it means nothing to people. Sure. But where if you live your life in this abundance mentality and then you're able to flip that switch, that's when it like means something, you yeah. know, and like you're actually producing and you're doing something with that. Yeah, that's great the way you, uh, I love the way you just summarized it because honestly I didn't really like what it was written in the book because like you said, it's like, yeah, okay, there's plenty to go around for everybody, but like, I'm going to compete and try to win at everything I can. Mm -hmm. But like you said, I think while doing that, you have to do it in a manner that's is building everyone else up too, mm -hmm. right? Like, Because then if you're building everyone else up, then they're going to be building you up, and then there's never going to be any negative emotion there, and it's just going to continue to grow and grow, and that's sustainable. That's very sustainable. Yeah. Like, But if you're always... If you're just trying to win, then that person's just going to try to win, and then it just creates a lot of negative emotion, and then it's and that's where the scarcity almost becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's yeah. like it's yeah. scarce because yeah. you have the scarcity mindset in your head, yes. and then it actually is scarce because there's nothing to take from anymore because everybody's just grabbing their own piece of the pie exactly. and everybody's fighting over it. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's a great point that you said. That it's like it becomes self-fulfilling prophecy if you think like oh my friend is making more money than me like woe is me um like well you can there's plenty out there for you too mm -hmm. that's your goal i mean shouldn't probably be your goal but like it's but him being successful has nothing to do with you do. not being successful no, you know right, like exactly or it has nothing to do with you also being successful yeah exactly yeah, yeah. it's just that's an all in your head it's the mindset thing. of he has something which means it's already taken, so I can't have that. So the only way for me to get it is to take it from somebody when it doesn't need to be the way. Because if you open up your eyes, you realize there's things everywhere that you can yeah. use and grab and go forward with. Yeah, 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 which is awesome. Because, yeah, I definitely think, like you said, growing up in a sport environment, there's 11 spots on the field, you know, and there's 14 games in the season. And it seems like there isn't, there isn't really an abundance of opportunity. Well, there is an abundance of opportunity, but there is not a. Very finite. Yeah, and this is this is one thing that I think a lot of, and we're just going to relate to football here, but sports people is like get kind of like beat down with is like mm -hmm. somebody has something I don't, 
so I can't have it. And then they get in that mindset of right. somebody else has that spot, I can't have it. I think that's where it gets super tough on that person to make it through the sport, to make it through the season, to really become the best version of themselves yeah. because they're stuck in that mindset and it beats them down every single day uh, yeah. rather than showing up. And this is like, I talk to guys all the time about this. It's like, I had like three All-Americans ahead of me, you know? Like I showed up every day with legit NFL, like talent in front of me every single day. And I didn't show up with the mindset of, woe is me or like that spot's already taken I can't do it it's like okay what can I do you know like what's my what's my potential what can I do and even though like and I think I I think it totally helped me is because like I was able to play with those guys then right even though those three spots were taken I was able to rotate in with them you know because my mindset was it's not woe is me it's not like that scarcity mentality like there's only those spots they already have them oh shit like I'm screwed it's like okay, how can I add value to that? You know, like, yeah. how can I go forward with that? Right. And this is, like, I talk to a lot of guys. It's, like, I, I, I talk to legit guys that are, like, yeah, that spot's taken. Like, yeah, I'm looking forward to the season, but the spot's taken. And I was, like. Yeah, but you can't have that. You can't have that mindset. Like, yes, that dude in front of you is an All-American, but what can you do? Right. Why can't you be an All-American? Why can't you find a spot? Why can't you be the best version of yourself? What that person has has nothing to do with what you can have. Right. You know, like, exactly. has nothing to do. That person has the whole pie. Fuck it. Why can't you have the whole pie? You know, yeah. like, it has nothing to do with what that person has. He has created his success. He has created his path. You create your success. You create your path. Like, right. his, his way there was no different than yours. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you can do it as well. Yeah. No, you're right. And I think I love what you said there about how you played behind three All Americans because I played behind four no we had way more than that in our time there yeah i was just saying like the three starters sure like that, that sophomore year that year your yeah. sophomore year yeah i mean because then the next year we had i don't know countless mm-hmm. over five i mean and i was behind all of you and so like like you said it was just a it's just you just have to take the mindset of like what can i do for the team and what is the what is the greatest possible good what is the value i can provide um, for a team and how can I make myself into the best version of myself because if you're only concerned about the spot like like you said it's gonna, you're going to hate your college football career you're going to hate everything about what you're doing yeah and I, if you want to relate it to business too it's the same thing as like yes that head spot that CEO spot is taken Yeah. and if you sit there with that mentality of the high, I can't reach the highest level because it's already taken Yeah. then you develop no skills you know yeah. like you're not trying to become that yeah. person Whereas if you try to become that person, you're trying to like create your own path, you're trying to create your own success. That's a lot of times when the success happens, that's right. when those opportunities present themselves and that's when you take advantage of right. them. Yeah. Um, and I think too, to mark your point there is like, what I've seen in, what I've seen in CEOs too is like, a lot of times they're not even, they're really skilled, they're highly skilled, but they're great at managing people. Mm-hmm. Like and that's what has allowed them to get to those leadership roles and those executive roles. But like you, as an entry level employee, you have no leadership experience yet, and you're not going to get any because you have no skills. So like hone your skills in the entry level spot. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in football. It's a hone your hone your skills on the scout team in drills in the weight room, and then once you have honed those skills, you'll. It's just like it's just like the truth. It's well, like, yeah, it comes back to basically like yeah. controlling the controllables. Yeah. You know, like 
you can't control that. Right. What can you control? Like take you. I think people look at like the very top of that pyramid. They can't control that. Well, take a step down. Can you control that next level? Yep. Nope. Okay. Well, take the step down. And maybe like it's a simple thing like maybe what you can do today is get better at Excel. You know, sharpen that yeah, skill. Sure. Improve something as small as that, and maybe that opens up a pathway to exactly. the next level. And then you can contribute there. You get better. You yeah. hone that skill, and then eventually it all adds up to something becoming better. You know. Yeah. I love Jordan Peterson. Always talks about like don't think you're above anything either. Like, even if it's just like putting your underwear away in the drawer, start there, mm-hmm. right? Even the littlest thing, yeah. Cause there's no little things. Right. It's all big. Cool. Back to the book. Public victory does not mean victory over other people. It means success in effective interaction that brings mutual benefic- beneficiary results to everyone involved. Public victory means working together, communicating together, making things happen together that even the same people couldn't make happen by working independently. Mm-hmm. One thing I have found particularly helpful to people that are stuck in the win-lose mindset is to surround themselves with win-win people. Mm-hmm. And this is, I mean, I think we touched on this already. It's like you're surrounding yourselves with those crabs like you're never gonna be able to get out of that situation. Like if you don't have that light source, if you don't have something that's done it before, it's gonna be tough for you to see that path. Mm-hmm. And especially, it's not even tough for you to see that path, it's also you're being dragged down again. Mm-hmm. Like people are pulling you down into that yeah. bad path yeah. and telling you it's the right way and confirming your yeah. little, weaknesses. little weaknesses that you wanna fall into because they're easy. And when somebody tells you, yeah, that's the right way, yeah, do it, yeah, yeah, eat that cake, yeah, you'll be all right, like, yeah, this is all right, you can keep doing this, yeah, good job, good job, good job, and that's where you're, that's where you reach rock bottom, dude, like, that's, you just listen to these people that you know, and you know it, like, you know these people aren't doing what's best for you, No. you know you're not doing what's best for you, everybody knows it, I guess, that's the one thing is, like, people know, people are smart, People are so smart, they realize it. Doesn't mean it makes it any easier, but they know. Mm-hmm. They just rationalize and lie to themselves. Yeah, and it's a tough, and that's that's why you need people that are win-win. You need successful people. You need people that are gonna tell you how it is. Call you on your bullshit. In your life, to get you out of that. That's like what having like a Caruso in your life does. You know, like you are not gonna get away with anything. Mm-hmm. You wear a hat to a freaking meeting, you wear a hat to a meal and he sees it, like, done sauce like you're in the negative bucket like these tiny tiny things you don't push in your chair like done like you know like because he's going to hold you accountable he talks about and this is like the first time i ever heard it was when crucial brought it up is basically like loving somebody isn't just like telling them how great they are and like being super nice it's like holding them accountable to becoming the best version of themselves and if that means like calling them out and like what seems to be mean like that's what love is like creating the best versions of themselves because you actually care about them. Yes. Like if you allow them, if you're just nice to them and you're like, oh, good job, good job, good job. And he talks about it with his kids too. He's like, I'm just, I'm just saying good job, Billy. Good job, Billy. Like you're doing great. You're doing great. And he's not doing great. I'm not helping him. I don't love him. Because yeah. if I loved him, I would want him to become the best version of himself. And I would tell him, hey, you're not doing this right. Do it this way. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. If you love someone, you want them to become the best version of themselves because that means that you're gonna become the best version of yourself. Dude, you just saying that made me realize like how much, how 
I just I, I forget how intense Coach Crusoe is, man. Having been out of it for a couple of, like a year now, it's like wow. I just I need that intensity in my life. Yeah, and surrounding yourself with it, and it's it, it, like you said, like when you get out of it for a little bit, and then you come back into it, and you're like, holy crap, like yeah, this is why it is the way it is. Yeah. You know, like it's it, it's yeah, dude, you don't get it. Like not you obviously get it, but like people don't get it when they like how we're getting kicked out of it. Yeah, the uh, you aren't attacking the problem. You're basically just hiding. Yep. Yeah. We got. We got. I'm trying to find it, but we're probably gonna have to cut that part anyway. So I'm just <laughs> finding it and taking the time to find it in the book. <laughs> Where is it? It's um. You have to water the flowers you want to grow. Two thirty-two. This is the last part. Oh yep. Here it is. All right. He's going back to book. Will that work? Back to the book. So often the problem is in the system, not in the people. If you put good people in bad systems, you, bet you get bad results. You have to water the flowers you want to grow. And I thought this was cool because it's such common sense, but I think it's something that people struggle with is like, you have to water what you want to grow. Like if you want to become better at something, if you want to do something to the best of your abilities, you have to put time and effort into it. You can't let it die. And I think a lot of times, stuff that people struggle at they're not watering they realize that they struggle at it and they want to get better and then they don't almost take that step to get better at it they don't water it and it, it dies on them and they wonder why you know and it sounds like such common sense but it, it's, it happens to every single one of us you know like it, it's a really hard thing to do but if you really take a step back and realize it you're like well yeah like no wonder i'm not good at communicating i don't talk to people like, I, I mean i just sit in my room and i like talk to myself and like I write and that type of thing it's like well that makes sense like no wonder you're not good at communicating how about you go communicate with people you know how about yeah. you go talk with them like yeah. simple things like that no wonder you're not good at your job like you don't know, spend time becoming better at your job no wonder you're not good at your sport you don't yeah. spend time doing your sport yeah math is a big one people are just saying I'm not a math person it's like ye, everyone's a math person if you put the work in man yeah it's like when people say like they're not this it's like yeah. no like, you can be that. I get if, if you don't value that, yes, 100%. If you don't value it, don't put your time into it. Mm -hmm. Like, totally. But then don't complain that you didn't have it. Mm -hmm. sure. Same thing with, like, it goes almost the other way. It's like, talking about people that, like, when they lose or, like, did you really put the effort in after you lost to be able to say, oh, why didn't I win? You know, like, did you really water that flower? That's what makes me really, really mad when a team is, like, you see a bunch of guys, like, crying after a loss or something like that. It's like, well... Did you really earn those tears is something like I think about is it. like, did you really put in the effort to earn the ability to be sad about this, you know? And like, I think if a lot of people look down, they realize, well, no, like it didn't really mean that much to me, you know, like yeah. that type of thing. Like this, one of the things I started with the, the guys, like I had them list goals for me and I was like, all right, you listed all these goals. That's sweet. Now, what are we going to do to accomplish them? And then either we don't do the things like because they're going to be tough if you want to accomplish these goals the things the path that's going it, to it's going to take to get there is going to be really tough so either we take this path and it's really tough when we accomplish this goal or we take the easy path but then don't bitch that you didn't accomplish this goal you know like don't tell me you're pissed that we didn't accomplish this goal 
when we had it laid out what our path was to get there and then you guys took a detour because that detour was easier, that detour was faster. Mm -hmm. That's one of the biggest things that like I want to communicate with almost everybody in life is like if you're going to set goals and you have that whole action plan and then you take a detour, don't get pissed that you didn't accomplish that goal. Yeah, if you're setting goals and an action plan and you don't follow, you, yeah, no, it's a... Uh, I mean, like, you, 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 don't, you, don't accomplish, you don't accomplish goals, you accomplish actions, you know? Like, it <laughs> I, I'm big into writing goals. I'm big, you need to have that plan. You need to have the vision. You need to have everything there. But it doesn't, just because you have that, it doesn't mean it accomplishes it. Like... The only thing that accomplishes it is the steps it takes to get there. Yes, you need to have that road map wrap, mapped out, and then you need to go on that road trip. Mm-hmm. It's a two-step thing. Every single day. Every single day. If you're just going on a road trip, if you're taking action steps to fucking nowhere, you don't have that goal, yep. then you're just going to, you're inevitably going to take detours because you have nowhere to go. You no so you need to have a destination, and then you need to go to that destination, no matter how tough. For sure. You have to put in the, you have to take the inch by inch step to get there every single day. Exactly. That's all it is. Think win win. Think win win. Simple enough. Good stuff. So, Greg. Training. Training. Let's hear your weekly update. How has life been? Life has been great. Um, yeah, I've, I just love being around our f- group of friends we have and um, love working out and playing sports. And training's been good. We started phase two this week, right? Was this, this second week two? Week two, phase two. Okay. Um, yeah, man, uh, it's an ass kicker. Mm-hmm. Long workouts. Um, Gas are looking big. Yeah, dude. I'm <sighs> so happy. I, <laughs> I feel great wearing shorts for the first time. <laughs> oh, really? It's real. It's a real thing. Like it's feels great to be confident in how you look. Um, and I just feel stronger. I, my legs feel like the strongest they've ever been. And I've got a strange, super strained quad, and, and I'm still, I mean, I think I'm, my legs are probably the strongest they've ever been, and I've got a strained quad, so it's, it's awesome. Um, I can't wait to heal, as I continue to work and heal my quad, I can't wait to see what I can accomplish. Um, training, training, training. Deadlift really really feeling really good hex bar deadlift mm-hmm. is what i'm on right now with this training cycle um feels real good pulled pretty good weight a couple weeks ago weighing 210 so pretty sweet pretty sweet crushing um, what else what else what else what else what about like life life work yeah. kids yeah thank god <laughs> <laughs> work is I had a huge moment last week. Okay. So I was working. I had nothing to do at all. And I was talking to Dan Howard, and he's like, yeah, I feel like basically finished Man's Search for Me. I was like, you're shitting me. No way. Like, we both agreed we were going to read the book. and But he, he only read the first part, which I had basically done. So he finished in like four days, which is totally doable. But I thought he finished the whole book three or four days mm-hmm. so I sat there at work and I just said I don't have anything to do with this. I'm going to read Man's Search for Meaning <laughs> and I did and you know I'm all pissed off about how I'm 
working a job I really am not passionate for um, I develop like work developing skills that I really don't want to use long term and um, and you know just not happy and not being grateful and kind of letting myself have a shitty mindset and in that book I was reading about how each man in the concentration camp he was talking about how people could people were happy like despite all of that mm -hmm. and if you know a damn thing about history you know about the Holocaust and despite all of that people were choosing to like suffer nobly with a smile and be thankful that they're alive and not kill themselves like that to me and they said that's like the most noble thing you can do is to suffer nobly and and to do your very best at it like to do your best at whatever the task is at hand and I and that was just that was the, that was the truth I needed that so bad it was felt like God wrote those words for me to read at that specific time and so I'm just trying to have a mindset like I'm not going to stay here forever I do not want to stay here forever but every single day I'm going to go in with the attitude of just be a light kick ass and do the job really well mm -hmm. uh, but don't again not stay there forever like I have to continue to hammer out figure out my career and figure out the next right step but while I'm there the right thing to do is to just die my absolute best and give it my absolute all and try and be a light and a friend and a and a, and an example of how to live life mm -hmm. to the people being who the are best there. version of yourself yeah. in the situation you're yeah. in sorry sorry yeah. I ranted no uh, yeah that was, so it was kind of a big thing for me it was good one last thing. So your sister made me bring this up. She wants to know about the haircut. This one? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, she was talking about it. I don't know. I, uh, I went to the barber, and I just said, yeah, cut me up. And he cut it, and I was like, ah, well, screw it. I'll go with this for a couple of weeks. I'm going to back get my hair cut in, like, because I'm going to Nashville with a couple of my friends from home to okay. celebrate one of my friends' graduation from college. And... Um, I'm going to get a cut before I go then, so I'm just going to leave this for now. Is it because they'd make fun of you if you brought it or what? No, no. Oh. I just don't love it. Oh, gotcha. I mean, it's it's all right. It's I didn't know if, they were, if, like, if I got my hair cut and I went back to Foley, I would just get torched. Would you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, if, wait, if you got a cut like mine? If I got a cut at all. No. It's like, oh, you sell that. Yeah. No, no. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's fine for now. I thought it. Try something new. I don't, I'm not obsessed with it. I like what I had two times ago. Gotcha. Finding a real barber is a real struggle. Same. <laughs> You're welcome. How is training for you? Kick ass, dude. Doing a lot, lots of kettlebell stuff, shoulder mobility oh, yeah. stuff, shoulder stability stuff. I'm, I'm actually really liking it. Um, writing a whole, writing, finishing up the blog tonight, basically, because I've been doing a lot of kettlebell stuff, and then everybody's like, oh, kettlebell's the answer to all my problems. Yeah. And I'm like, no. I'm doing a kettlebell stuff because it's a different stimulus to me. So I'm writing a whole blog tonight about how stimulus versus adaptations and like there's no secret sauce. It's a different stimulus is going to lead to a different adaptation. But I've been loving it. I've been doing a lot of bottoms up stuff, which is people that don't know, it's grabbing the top of the kettlebell and holding the fat part above your head while you're holding onto the handle, doing a lot of grip stuff. It's helped a ton with handstands and like... A lot of that shoulder stability, I've been in love with it. I've been doing Turkish get-ups recently. I really like those. They're a ton of fun. Um, but a lot of different movements. Still deadlifting pretty heavy. Still doing a little bit of bench. But um, 
know, it's, I, really, I really like this training cycle, just doing a lot of different things, a lot of kettlebell flips and tosses and stuff like that. I've really been a big fan of it. With the football guys this week, we got Max week. Mm-hmm. Fucking crushed it this morning. It was sick. It was sick. It was, it was, Energy it was, was dope. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Um, it was Monday morning, uh, so I think they're a little more groggy than if I had got them on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So, like, if I were ever – so just strength coaches out there, like, if I were to ever actually plan a Max week, Monday's always a primer. You're never going to get a ton done. You're not going to get the best out of your athletes no matter what on a Monday. Mm-hmm. You can be as hyped up as you want, but usually I would do a Monday primer, but because of the way this schedule set up at St. Thomas, uh, Monday was our bench day. Um, we crushed it. Benched, I think it's 865 pounds more than we did last year. Uh, each guy averaged like a 15-pound PR. Um, there's a couple of guys with 50-pound PRs. It's pretty freaking sweet. Um, 50 pounds? Yeah. It, it, was, it was pretty dope to watch. Um, wow. Just a lot of high energy. Just a lot of like it was cool to like show the guys like the hard work they put in. Yes, like the bench isn't gonna be what leads them to success on the field, but it's just showing them like the belief that they they've put into this program and now they're getting something out of it, which is cool. Tomorrow we got a combine, so we're running the ten yard. We're doing a vertical and we're testing the broad jump again, so we get to compare those numbers. Honestly, my program's been a lot more based towards sprinting and running. Uh, than any strength-based type stuff, so those numbers should be through the roof. I was actually pretty – I knew the numbers for bench were going to be high, but it was pleasantly survived in how high they were because we really haven't focused a ton on straight strength work. It's been a lot of getting them to be better football players, which is our goal. Um, so I'm really excited for tomorrow. I think a lot of guys are going to mm-hmm. shit on a lot of their numbers, which will be cool. That will be cool. Yeah. I'm excited to hear about it too. Yeah. Um, what about life? Life. Yoakum strength, dude. Freaking momentum, momentum, momentum. It's yeah. it's 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 cool. It's um getting the gym set up. Yeah, what tore the floor out the other day. Um grandpa's making us racks. So we got uh a buddy of mine drew up some racks and uh like engineering software thing, sent to my grandpa, he's gonna make them. Hopefully they're sweet. Um no sore next. What? No Sorenex yet? Uh, so they're Sorenex modeled, basically. But they're going to be customized. My grandpa will be able to make them for hopefully a third of the price. So it'll be pretty sweet. I'm pretty pumped about it. Um, but we're set up to go June 1st. Um, it's going to be a small, small location, but it's going to be fucking sweet. It's going to be hardcore. Um, it's getting more people to sign up every single day. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on. How many racks are you going to have in the gym? Two. That's cool. It's yeah. huge. Uh, two two racks, dumbbell wall of dumbbells basically, lat pull down machine in the corner. We'll have it all turfed for the most part, and then we'll um, but we'll do most of our running on the field because we do a lot of longer sprints. So we'll do a lot of that stuff on the field. We got a cement wall to throw against outside. It's gonna be pretty fun. It's gonna be sweet. Just busy right now. A lot of like nose to the grind board, but it's start it's sweet to see like everything pan out, and I'm pretty pumped for it. This summer is gonna be, we're gonna get so yacked. Yeah, it's it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be yeah. start to record. We'll have to do a podcast in there for sure. Oh yeah, that'll be where we record. For yeah, sure. I It'll can't be. wait, dude. I'm so excited for the gym. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, that's it. Personal updates, good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, sponsorship things. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. For clothing, go to Ghost Fit. Follow Yoakum on Instagram, and there's a link to his blog 
on his Instagram page. And also, um, Carter Smith's dad is, owns a band company, and not, and he provides the best training bands, all levels of resistance. Be sure to check out his website. Link is also on the Instagram page if you want affordable bands, which affordable bands are hard to get. You're not going to get them from Rogue. You're not going to get them from Elite FTS. Um, so go to there for that. Um, and believe the company is called Resistance Band Training, rbt.com. Yep, and we just have a link um, on our website. If you hit other uh, link for bands, just click it, it'll bring it to you. Yep. Um, and that's pretty much... Am I missing anyone? Mm-mm. I think so. Oh. Subscribe. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, cool. Stay hard. And thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Keep chopping wood. Think win-win.